The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Into the Net FC, the soccer talk discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. My name is Alex Alcazaz, a.k.a. the Bear of Texas, and ladies and gentlemen, the draw for the round of 16 of the 2022-23 UEFA Champions League is officially complete. And boy, oh boy, oh boy, do we have an exciting lineup. Paris Saint-Germain versus Bayern Munich. Well, quite frankly, more than a rematch from the 2019-20 Champions League final, but rather a rematch of the 2020-21 Champions League quarterfinals between PSG and Bayern Munich. And as we know, PSG eliminated Bayern Munich. So this time, there's absolutely no doubt in my mind that Bayern Munich is fully determined to extract revenge against PSG. Now, as you know, PSG last year, how uh, that elimination loss you know, to Real Madrid in the round of 16. We all know how that went. And as far as PSG goes, I mean, PSG did not top their group. You know, after, you know, barely beating Juventus 2-1 to and then Benfica winning the way they did. You know, PSG failing to actually beat Benfica. I mean, that's truly what really doomed them, you know, as far as the group stage goes. <sighs> you know, as, I get to, as I'll get to the predictions in a, in a little bit, I mean, PSG versus Bayern Munich is definitely something uh, that could truly go either way, but we'll get to that in a little bit. You got Inter Milan versus Porto. You know, Borussia Dortmund against Chelsea. Antique Frankfurt versus Napoli, Milan versus Tottenham, Liverpool versus Real Madrid. Now there's the excitement right there. Club Bruges versus Benfica and RP Leipzig against Manchester City. Well, Liverpool versus Real Madrid. Well, there's quite a history right now between the, both the, both those clubs. I mean, Real Madrid beating Liverpool in the final last year. Liverpool truly dominating, but, you know, all those shots on goal, but just could not score. And Real Madrid winning one nothing. We'll never forget how Vinny Jr. just snuck through the back door, beat Trent Alexander-Arnold, and scored that goal. It just truly had to be this way. Like, sometimes you just feel like it had to be this way. We have to see the rematch between Liverpool and Real Madrid. We have to see it in the round of 16. So the question is, who's under a tremendous amount of pressure? Would it be Real Madrid or Liverpool? 
I'd have to say Real Madrid, considering they are the defending champions, and they're looking to win the title again. And Liverpool actually did pretty good in the group stage. They had five wins and only one loss. Although Liverpool's uh, Premier League uh, campaign is actually going quite different, although Liverpool just picked up their first road win, I believe, in Premier League play of the season when they beat Tottenham. Now, RP Leipzig versus Manchester City. Well, as great as Manchester City is, I mean, Manchester City, no doubt, already has to be considered the tremendous, overwhelming favorite. But regardless of how how much of a favorite Manchester City is, you know, despite, you know, everything being in their favor, I honestly refuse to count out RP Leipzig because you, you never know. You never know. I mean, this is the Champions League. I mean, the Champions League... The concept in the Champions League is basically all about the element of surprise. We've seen shockers before. We saw it. We saw it in the group stage. I mean, we've see, we see them all the time. So it's all part of the game. But RP Leipzig and Manchester City is definitely, definitely one of the uh, matches that I'm definitely gonna have, have my eye on. First one takes place in February of next year. It's actually the first match is actually gonna take place at the Red Bull Arena in uh, Leipzig. And then 14th of March. The rematch will be in Manchester, so we'll have to see how that goes, but I certainly cannot wait. But, uh, so starting with the predictions, obviously, I'm going to have Manchester I'm gonna have Manchester City win, but I think it's going to be on a 4-2 aggregate score. Yeah. Again, I, I, refuse to, I refuse to bury RP Leipzig. I mean, RP Leipzig might come up short, but we all know RP Leipzig is going to go down swinging. They're not just going to let Manchester City roll all over them. They're going to give Manchester City a fight. Okay, but I do still I still see you know Erling Holland. Obviously, I still see him as being the major difference maker. I would not be surprised if he scored a hat trick in one of them. It, it could certainly happen. But but Manchester City, really, honestly, with all the pieces that they have, there's truly no way that they can lose. I mean, Manchester City is basically at a point, and we probably said this last year, the year before, but this time they desperately, desperately, desperately have to win the title. At this point, they're more desperate and determined than ever to win the Champions League. So, I mean, with Erling Haaland, now that they have Haaland, I mean, if Manchester City doesn't win the title, I mean, what excuse is there this time, you know? So, so I got Manchester City going with this one. So now we get to Club Bruges and Benfica. Well, Benfica won the group, and Benfica managed to actually avoid a defeat to, to Paris Saint-Germain. As a matter of fact, I should mention that Benfica held Paris Saint-Germain to a 1-1 draw in both meetings, and they won the group. And against Club Bruges, I mean, <laughs> Club Bruges winning, I mean, that's just like, <laughs> holy shit, right? Because Club Bruges, seeing them, you know, finish second in the group, you know, again, uh, over Bayer Leverkusen and over Atletico Madrid, I mean, you got, you got to give them their prop, you know. Now, Porto won the group, but still, you know, Club Rouge, you know, finishing in second place. You know, I don't even remember the last time Club Rouge even made it to the knockout stage of the Champions League. You know, I'm not even sure if they ever did, so. But Club Rouge, you know, making it this far is obviously quite shocking. And now they go against Benfica. And I still think that, you know, Club Rouge can certainly bring up the fight to Benfica. But I think Benfica is, is going to advance. But this one, as far as... On, uh, as far as the aggregate score, this is where I kind of have a very, very difficult time kind of predicting on how that one will go. I kind of believe it's probably going to be 4-1 to one on aggregate. Like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the first if the first meeting, which is February 15th, it's in, uh, in Bruges, Belgium. I wouldn't... <coughs> excuse me. I wouldn't be surprised if that one ended in a 1-1 draw. And then, you know, the second meeting in, uh, in Lisbon, Portugal, if, if Benfica... 
you know, wins big, you know, wins like, you know, three to three to zero if it's a one one draw in the first meeting. But I really believe, yeah, ben, Benfica is certainly the club that, 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 that that's definitely going to come out on top. Club Rouge will definitely put up a fight for, for some time. But then after a while, you know, Benfica is really going to snap out of it and, and go into high gear. And then Club Rouge will probably be badly overwhelmed. So, but I'm not, you know, but Club Rouge, you know, can certainly do something, I'm, I'm sure. But, uh, but quite frankly, if we're being realistic here, I, I can't see Benfica being eliminated in the round of 16. Now we get to Liverpool and Real Madrid. First meeting will be February 21st in Liverpool at Anfield. Oh boy. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. I mean, a rematch of the final last year. <laughs> you know, right now I'm kind of wondering, you know, how healthy Real Madrid's going to be and same thing with Liverpool. Because you know, with the World Cup, you know, you know, coming up later this month, and this is all the way, you know, in, in February, going to be in 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 late February, you know, by then, hopefully, all teams will be healed up. But still, you know, but then after that, the La Liga and the Premier League will, will continue. So, so how how much rest do we? How much rest are the players really going to get? Are they really going to get enough time to heal from the injuries and rest up? I mean, ab- I mean, honestly, no, absolutely not. Ah. Uh. Now th- this is really going to be tough because, of course, you know my very good friend, my mentor, Mr. Steve Adams, is is a strong supporter of Liverpool, and everybody knows that. Even though technically I don't have a favorite club because you know I just love the game, but you know I was a huge Real Madrid fan when I was a kid, and Real Madrid is still very, very close to my heart. And of course, you know I'm always rooting for the likes of Benzema, Eduardo Camavinga, Aurelien Chouameni. You know, I'm telling you, just Real Madrid just has you know such great talent that you just cannot help but but truly admire and respect. <sighs> Honestly, th- th- this is ex- this is extremely tough. This is extremely. This is where I'm like, you know, Liverpool. Because I'm 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 kind of at a stalemate. Liverpool can certainly eliminate Real Madrid, and Real Madrid can certainly el- eliminate Liverpool. This one can truly go either way. Now, I'd imagine the favorite has to be maybe Real Madrid, considering the other the other defending champions. But even though Liverpool in the Premier League, it's it's been different. But still, in the Champions League, it's, it's a whole different story. And if Liverpool continues to do well, all of a sudden in the, in the Premier League, I mean, that's going to give them, you know, quite the mental edge as well because they'll be motivated and, and you know, ready to go. So, so Real Madrid's going to face a bigger challenge than they originally anticipated. So now you got Jurgen Klopp versus the GOAT of Italian soccer himself, Carlo Ancelotti. Sometimes I'm I'm just like I mean th- th- this is a main event right here. This is a main event, especially you know in pro wrestling terms. I mean, Liverpool versus Real Madrid. This is a freaking main event, and I'm still having a very difficult time deciding who's going to win. Oh boy, oh boy. All right, you know what? Fine, I'm brave enough to do it. I have Real Madrid winning three to one on aggregate. First meeting is going to be a draw. Second meeting, Real Madrid wins and keeps a clean sheet. Real Madrid advances to the quarterfinals. Steve, I hate to do this to you, bud, but this is kind of the way I see it. But but then again, I'm not counting out Liverpool. I would not even be surprised if Liverpool turned the tables and eliminated Real Madrid. Hell, I wouldn't even be surprised if Liverpool eliminated Real Madrid in a humiliating fashion. You see, again, even though Liverpool's play in the Premier League is... Different than how it's been in the in the uh, in the Champions League, you know. Still, like Liverpool, 
no matter how they look in form right now, there's just really no point of counting them out. Because you know Liverpool is actually climbing back up. I mean, Liverpool is in eighth place now in the in the Premier League standings. Okay, they're climbing back up. Okay, so so that's why really at the end of the day, it's pointless. It's pointless to count them out because again, you know, I mentioned that yesterday Liverpool beat Tottenham on the road, and if I'm correct, that was Liverpool's first game, first win on the road in Premier League play this season. So. So maybe you know Mohamed Salah. All of a sudden, you know Mohamed Salah is kind of you know is you know kicking butt. I mean, he he scored the brace yesterday. So so don't be surprised, you know, with Mohamed Salah, you know, being on top of his game right now, you know, all everything like that. So and of course, you know, Mohamed Salah, you know, is is Liverpool's you know biggest threat right now. I mean, but there's also of course Darwin Nunez. So you know, right now, of course, in the Premier League, you know, Erling Haaland is the top scorer with 18 goals, but uh, but you know, but the bottom line is, there's 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 just no point. There's no point whatsoever in counting out Liverpool. But but I'm I'm gonna I'm solidified with Real Madrid. I'm gonna stick to my prediction. But point is, I'm not counting out Liverpool, and that's all I got to say about that match. So now we move on to AC Milan versus Tottenham. Well, 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 well. Well, obviously, everybody knows I'm gonna be I'm gonna be rooting for AC Milan, and this is no disrespect to all my Tottenham supporters. The reason why, obviously, is because it's only because of Olivier Giroud. I'm supporting, you know, my, my favorite French my favorite French footballer right now, Olivier Giroud, who, in my honest opinion, is the most <coughs> is the most underrated French footballer in history. I mean, everybody says everybody makes an argument in that they say that that David Trezeguet is the most underrated French footballer. David Trezeguet, no doubt, was severely underrated. David Trezeguet was definitely a dude that, when he had such a great game and the way he played, you know, his love and passion for the game, that spoke the story. But, you know, let's not forget that Olivier Giroud, that that dude's a career, I mean, that truly speaks for itself. I mean, that's a story right there within itself. I mean, Olivier Giroud literally started at the bottom of the ladder, worked, fought, scratched his way up. There's, there's nothing, nobody can take anything away from Olivier Giroud. There's nothing. He started out in, in, the, in the second tier of French soccer, played for, with Grenoble from 2005 to 2008, played with Tours from 2008 to 2010 before going to Montpellier. And of course, as, as we remember, you know, as Steve uh, has kindly reminded us several times on this show, that Olivier Giroud was actually on the Montpellier squad that won the, the Ligue 1 back in 2011. All right. And then that's how that that that's how Arsenal, you know, that that's what caught you know Arsenal's attention. And he was with Arsenal from 2012, 2018. Then spent the next uh, three years uh, with Chelsea before landing at AC Milan. So, you know, as far as you know, it goes with with Chelsea, you know, he did win, you know, win won the Champions League, and I and I really strongly believe that if Chelsea, if he had if he had been given more playing time and more opportunities with Chelsea. There's absolutely no doubt in my mind that he would have delivered had they only given him a chance. I mean, this is an argument I have with a lot of people. I mean, I can't tell y'all how much hate I've gotten for being at the defense of Olivier Giroud with such tremendous conviction. You know, Olivier Giroud, I mean, especially because you know when he won the World Cup with France, everybody keeps saying he didn't do anything. When somebody says that 
Olivier Giroud did absolutely nothing for the French national team in the 2018 World Cup triumph, you are absolutely wrong. I get it. He didn't score a goal, okay? But you know what? Olivier Giroud was there to lead the attack, okay? Olivier Giroud played the role of a leader, leader and a mentor, okay? That's why I strongly believe, deep in my heart, with such conviction, if it wasn't for Olivier Giroud, France would not have won the World Cup. Olivier Giroud, I mean, even though Hugo Lloris was the captain, okay? Hugo Lloris was the captain, and so, but honestly, so was Olivier Giroud. They were both the leaders of the team. Hugo Lloris and Olivier Giroud, both, you know, as the veteran players, they led the team to victory, all right? So Olivier Giroud did a tremendous job. Olivier Giroud has earned his respect, okay? He, does, he has earned his respect. I mean, let's look, let's look at all the honors. Okay, again, won the league in 2011, won the FA Cup three times, even won the FA Community Shield. You know, well, he won the FA Cup three times with Arsenal. You know, he won it twice. He won it also once. You know, with Chelsea and was runner up twi twice with them. You know, won the Champions League, the Europa League, and was the EFL Cup runner up in 2019 with Chelsea. Won the Serie A last year. Of course, you know, won the uh, 2018 World Cup with France. You know, Olivier Giroud has earned his respect, and we have to give it to him. So. So now that I kind of went on my Olivier Giroud rant because, you know, every time, you know, every, every time the memories, you know, flood in about everybody just not giving Olivier Giroud his uh, well-deserved respect, I mean, I kind of lose my mind. Now, this one, too, you can, we can honestly say whatever we want about Tottenham, but Tottenham shouldn't be counted out of this one as well. I mean, Tottenham did win their group, so... I mean, and that group was not easy. I mean, you know, going against Olympique de Marseille and, and Antique Frankfurt, you know, it, it was, you know, a tremendous, you know, a, a challenge for them. So Tottenham actually, you know, won the group convincingly, in my honest opinion. So AC Milan versus Tottenham, it, it can certainly go either way. But now, now this, is, this is where I, I mean, I thought that Liverpool and Real Madrid was very, very difficult to predict. I mean, AC Milan and Tottenham, you know, is even more difficult to predict, in my honest opinion. Oh, now that the first game is is taking place in Milan on the fourteenth of February, man, I think I, I don't know why, but you know, if AC Milan doesn't win their the first meeting in a, in a basically in a in a wide margin and in convincing fashion, that's gonna put Milan at a serious disadvantage considering the second meeting is at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in London, England. Oh boy. This one, this is this is definitely tough. I hate to say it, but I think ta I think Tottenham wins. I think Tottenham is going to advance. Now, now don't get me wrong. I mean, AC Milan has more uh, has more talent than Olivier Giroud. Don't get me wrong, but but right now, I mean, I, I'm just not sure how I can possibly see Tottenham, you know, coming up short. I mean, you know, anything could happen, of course, but uh, this is just this is this is tough. I mean. You know, of course, you know, aside from uh, Giroud, of course, you know, Mike Magnan, the goalkeeper, although he's he's still currently injured, and I'm hoping he comes back, you know, Tio Hernandez is also injured. So if the likes of Tio Hernandez, Mike Magnan are both back, you know, by, by the time th this game takes place, as far as uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, I'm not entirely sure. I mean, he's still recovering. I, he's still recovering from that serious injury. But, you know, of course, you know, I do, I do have faith in Rafael Leao. So, you know, the young Portuguese striker who truly is the future of Portugal. I definitely have faith in them. You know, there's a, lot, a tremendous amount of talent. I mean, AC Milan can certainly challenge. I mean, there's, there's no doubt they're going to challenge 
Tottenham and give them a, a true run for their money. But truly, honestly, the way I see it is, I, I believe Tottenham is probably is more than likely the team that's going to survive. I mean, especially because the second game is in is in London. But that some people say, what does that mean? I mean, again, if AC Milan wins, like if, if AC Milan were to win three to zero in the first in the first meeting, then Milan certainly has a chance because you know. Now keep in mind the away goals. The away goals uh, is not is not here anymore. But if AC Milan goes into the second game with a three nothing aggregate lead, all they got to do really is score two goals and play some heavy defense, and 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 they could basically secure the spot immediately early on. But they got to hold on to it. So, but right now, right right now, my gut feeling tells me it's going to be Tottenham. But but neither team should be counted out because you know as far as Milan versus Tottenham goes. This is this is anybody's round. I mean, both these guys, both these clubs, are are, are perfectly capable of of upsetting each other. And at, at the end of the day, I can make all the predictions I want. I can come up with all the theories that I want. But the truth of the matter is, all I can do is simply wait and see. So now we get to Antique Frankfurt and Napoli. Wow. Well, Napoli certainly survived their group, didn't they? <laughs> Same group that was with Liverpool and Ajax, so it was not it was not simple for Napoli, not simple at all. And Napoli won the group, believe it or not, won the group, okay, w- with a goal differential, okay, a goal differential of plus fourteen. All right, and Napoli scored twenty goals and conceded only six times, only six times, okay. Now I'm going to take a closer look at how this group went, you know, especially with Napoli. And Napoli started off with a four to one win against Liverpool, okay. And what's and what's interesting, you know, even though um, in in the second meeting, which was on the first, which was a few days ago, about six days ago, when Liverpool beat Napoli two to zero, still Napoli won the group big time. Now both with 15 points, it's the goal differential that made the difference, okay. But Napoli took the win in in, in, the, in, in game one, four to one. So Napoli is a whole lot tougher than they look. Okay, so again, you know, I, I'm talking about you know that they can't be counted out. I mean, yeah, Napoli certainly can't be counted out either. Now, Antoine Frankfurt finished second in the group with three wins, one draw, and two losses. But you know, we talk here. I am talking about how Napoli can't be counted out. I mean. The same thing has to be said about Antike Frankfurt because at one point Antike Frankfurt was basically at a point where there was no way that they could advance and somehow they got the job done and they finished second. Uh, so again, it, it gets more and more and more difficult to predict. I mean, first I thought Real Madrid was Liverpool, and Liverpool was tough and then Milan and Tottenham was tough and here we go again. Antike Frankfurt and Napoli. Oh boy. This is truly anybody. This is the same thing. Anything could happen. Right now, I my gut my gut tells me that Napoli is the favorite because they won their group, and that, you know, and of course, you know that four to one win against Liverpool in that opening game, you know, speaks for itself. Uh, but Antique Frankfurt, you, you just never know. All of a sudden, they're gonna show up. But right now, man. I believe that the first game is definitely going to... I feel like the first game on the 21st of February in Frankfurt, I really believe that's going to end up in a draw. We're really going to see how it goes on the 15th of March in Naples, Italy. 
That's that's going to tell the story. I think game the second meeting, the second leg, that's going to determine who is better and who's gonna, who's more deserving to advance. I'm going to go I'm going to predict Napoli, but again, anti Frankfurt is probably I have a feeling they're gonna, they're going to make me pay. And I, I'm serious, they're going to make me pay for not having enough faith in them. That's why I have a feeling but at the same time, Napoli as well is a team that, you know, you, you basically have to understand that they they are pretty good, and they're a whole lot better than they look. But the same thing has to be said about Frankfurt. So both these teams are tougher and more talent, talented than they look. But, you know, same thing with AC Milan and Tottenham. We have to wait and see. Uh, Borussia Dortmund and Chelsea. You know, right now, it's, it's really hard to have faith right now in Chelsea because Chelsea is just not doing good at all, okay? Especially in, the, in Premier League play, you know... How Chelsea, you know, is, is in seventh place, and uh, and looking at the matches right now, you know, Chelsea, you know, recently lost, you know, on the uh, at home to Arsenal, and that four to one loss to Brighton on the 29th of last month, you know, c- certainly speaks for itself. You know, Chelsea's last Premier League win was on the 16th of October when they beat Aston Villa on the road two to zero. All right. Uh, now in Champions League play, Chelsea. Has been doing a whole lot better in in Champions League play, so it's kind of like the same thing as Liverpool. In the Premier League, it's one story, but the Champions League is a, is a whole lot different. Okay, and Chelsea won the group, you know, with four wins, one draw, and one loss, and we'll never forget in the opening game when they lost to Dynamo Zagreb. So Chelsea merely got it back together. Now Borussia Dortmund finished second in their group with two wins, three draws, and one loss. Okay. So it's, it's, it's almost as if, like, these teams, like, some would say, some would strongly insist that both these teams are quite evenly matched, but I'm not too sure if I want to take it that far. I do honestly believe that Chelsea is capable of winning, but then again, so is Borussia Dortmund. Now, th- what makes it difficult is that Chelsea in, champion- in the Champions League has done tremendously well, but the Premier League is a different story, and so anything could happen. Now, Borussia Dortmund... Certainly, you know, can certainly pull it off as well. So, you know, much like, you know, the, the last, you know, three, uh, me, the last three, you know, duels that I've been, you know, discussing and predicting. I mean, there we go again. It's anybody's. I mean, I, I kind of feel like almost every single uh, round of 16, round of 16, you know, encounters, you know, could be anybody's. But Chelsea can certainly do it. Now, as far as Chelsea goes, I'm not sure, like, you know, the, the lineup, honestly, is, is quite, you know, uh, Unpredictable because you don't know what li- who will see in the lineup or, or the formation. And Borussia Dortmund really has that mentality that they can certainly get the job done. Now the first game is in Dortmund, so so that could actually say, so if if Borussia Dortmund wins it a certain way, then they'll have the edge going to the second game. So it really it really depends on all these matches. It really depends on how the first leg goes, and, and then the second then going in the second leg, we can certainly have different feelings, but. But really, Borussia Dortmund and Chelsea, there's not much to say about it. It's the same situation. It's anybody, anybody, any of them, any any of them are capable of going. I should say. You know, I'm I'm kind of losing my words a little bit. Chelsea and Dortmund are both both perfectly capable of doing it. So, but I'm gonna go with Chelsea. I'm gonna yeah, I'm going I'm going Chelsea. Okay, and I'm and I wouldn't be surprised. If Borussia Dortmund does the same thing that Antike Frankfurt might do to me, they might punish me for not having faith in them. (laughs) 
But you know, I'm secure. I'm going. I'm going with Chelsea. I think it's gonna be a. Um, I think it's gonna be three to two on aggregate. Yeah. And, you know, and as far as you know, anti Frankfurt and Napoli, I think it's gonna be four to three on aggregates because I know I know I didn't uh, I didn't give that one, but. So now we get to Inter Milan and Porto. To be honest, r- right out of the blue, I believe that. You know. <laughs> I would be I would be surprised if it, if, if it was Porto, but Inter Milan too can't be can't be can't be uh, they they can't be counted out counted out either. There, there, there's really just no point. Now Inter Milan, in the, you know they finished second. You know of course you know Bayern Munich you know finished you know undefeated six six and zero with a plus sixteen goal differential. There's no doubt in anybody's mind that Bayern Munich was going to win that group. Now Inter Milan. Finished with three wins, one draw, and two losses, okay? Now, Porto, on the other hand. Now, Porto won their group with four wins and two and two draw and two losses, excuse me. Now, Porto wasn't it wasn't it quite as a group the same as Inter Milan, but Porto winning their group, I mean, that was actually pretty surprising because it was strongly believed that Atletico Madrid would win that group with no problem. And quite frankly, that did not happen. So Porto kind of proved the point that they too look better than they, they too are better than they look. Uh, honestly, this is where I really immediately right out of the blue, I, I I have to say that we gotta wait and see. That, that that's the only thing we can. I mean, Porto can do it, Inter Milan can do it, but I can't. You know, I I can't go in, in a great detail because you know I I kind of feel like almost Inter Milan and Porto truly are evenly matched. But Milan can Inter Milan can do it, Porto can do it, but we'll just have to wait and see. But but it's definitely going to certainly be interesting. But now we finally get to PSG and Bayern Munich. Oh, Bayern Munich finished perfect in the group stage. Just you know, I, I, I believe they did the same thing last year as well. So Bayern Munich dominates the group stage. Now PSG did beat Juventus both times, but you know PSG did not win their group. To be honest, right out, right off the bat, Bayern Munich is the favorite. Bayern Munich is the favorite. Okay. PSG. Honestly, everybody knows that I've had some serious words. You know, some serious and. Some rather very very harsh critical words for PSG because they can't get it done in the in the Champions League knockout stage, especially with what happened last year in the round of sixteen. Look, what I said about PSG is how should I put it? it it's justified. It's justifiably you know justified. <laughs> I don't know why I just said that, but it's very justified because PSG's behavior like that. I mean, of course now the, there's the argument that PSG's midfield is very weak. But when you have that front attack, then PSG should be able to find a way. So, now the first match is in Parc des Princes in Paris. Now, PSG, now, look, as critical as I am of PSG, I, they, they can pull it off. I mean, they pulled off upsets in the round, in, in, in the Champions League knockout stage. I mean, of course, you know, when they beat Barcelona, you know, the round of 16, and then beat, then beat Bayern Munich in the quarterfinals, I mean... That was a respectable run, but then they lost in the in the final four to Manchester City. So I mean PSG, I mean as overrated as they appear to be, I mean you know, when I say they're overrated, I mean yeah they can win in the league, ah uh, they can beat the small clubs in the league, ah uh, but against but in the Champions League it's a whole different story. But PSG's 
can, can certainly find a way. Now, will, will they find a way? Maybe. But Bayern Munich 6-0 and, you know, a whole lot tougher than they were the year before and the year before that. I mean, PSG's got to understand that arrogance is going to bite them right in the butt, okay? They, for no reason, should take Bayern Munich, you know, lightly. But the same thing goes for Bayern Munich. So both these both these clubs, they got to respect, they got to basically respect each other, okay? They got to basically take each other very, very seriously. But quite frankly, I have Bayern Munich. I have Bayern Munich coming out of this, honestly. PSG is known for crumbling under under a tremendous a tremendous amount of pressure, okay? A serious, tremendous amount of pressure. So, the way I see it, quite frankly, I mean, with the first match in, in Parc des Princes, you know, if PSG were to win, like, 2-1, to one, and then, then the match, you know, the next one is in Munich, you know, a, a 2-1 to one aggregate lead is absolutely nothing because if Bayern Munich wins 2-0, to zero, then they win 3-2. to two. So... But basically, if if it's a two to one result for PSG in game one, and Bayern Munich, you know, is, is basically Bayern Munich knows what they have to do, and they'll probably get the job done. And if PSG is unable to score on the road, I mean, that's really that what's going to doom them. So, I think PSG, you know, for the, in the first game, we'll probably see a very good PSG club. But I I believe in this. But I honestly have a feeling in this in the second game, we're going to see PSG do what they what they're known to do. We're going to see them probably. Crack under pressure and then basically just you know and be you know soundly defeated, and it's going to be quite humiliating for them. But <clears throat> and I hate to say that, but that's truly the way I see it. So I have Bayern, I have Bayern Munich coming out on top. So 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 I'm going to go through it one more time. And and, and as far as Inter Milan and Porto, I'll definitely uh I'm like you know what I'm gonna I said you know what, screw it I'll go and, and give my prediction. So I got Manchester City, Benfica. Real Madrid, Tottenham, Napoli, Chelsea, Porto, and Bayern Munich. I have all. I have those clubs advancing to the quarterfinals, and the draw for the quarterfinals will take place on March 17th of next year. And the first legs we played on April 11th and 12th, and the second one will be a week a week later from those. So. So the round of 16 is quite exciting, and I just and I and I cannot wait now. Seems like it's gonna be forever until we get to February twenty to February twenty uh, February fifteenth for one of the first games. Fourteenth is actually I believe, gonna be believe gonna be the first game. So, so mid February feels like it's gonna be it's forever from now. But hey, we can build the excitement and when the time and when when the games come, we'll all certainly be excited. Ladies and gentlemen, before I let you go, I'd like to remind you that Into the Net FC is proudly brought to you by Fanatics. Fanatics is your number one place for fan apparel. Fanatics offers over 500,000 items from all the top brands from the NFL, the NBA, the MLB, the NHL, and so much more. And that includes Major League Soccer and European Soccer. So if you are looking to shop at Fanatics, just find Into the Net FC's link in the episode description. You can get your sports merch and take advantage of the best deals in the world and save a good amount of money. And for all you pro wrestling fans... WWEShop.com is now part of the Fanatics experience. If you are looking to shop at WWEShop.com, just find Into the NFC's link in the episode description. You can get your pro wrestling merch, and again, you can save money by taking advantage of the best deals in the world. And Into the NFC is also proudly brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Paramount+, Plus allows you to stream the Champions League, the Europa League, and the Europa Conference League. Plans start at $4.99 per month, and you can cancel at any time. Subscribe now. You can even get a free trial. So if you're looking to sign up, 
Just find the link in the episode description. You can set up your account in less than two minutes. You can start binge watching soccer and again, your favorite shows. And Into the Net FC is also available on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. And remember, if you know anybody that truly adores soccer and they are looking for a very exciting soccer podcast, well, let me remind you that Into the Net FC is the show for you. For all soccer enthusiasts out there, I guarantee you Into the Net FC is the show for you. You will not be disappointed. I promise you that. Thank you all very, very much, and I will see you all next time. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.